Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's dodgy. Good enough, haven't heard it in ages. Was delighted when it popped up on the playlist this morning. And, uh, you know, speaking of things that are dodgy and all that sort of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It's Nile and Russ with another Real Reviews. How you doing, guys? Well, not great after that intro, I don't think. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. I know, yeah, sorry, I, I feel like I insult you every week. I do appreciate you, you know that, you know that. <laughs> okay. And actually this week, do you know what, I actually have a little bit uh, kind of cooler theme music for you, which is quite fitting with, oh. the, with the show today. Uh, <laughs> it's the Monster Mash. Oh. Yeah, very good. Because we are talking monsters, but first let's talk film news and in particular Liam Gallagher. What's going on with him? We are kind of talking monsters then, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, so an important question. We're always about the big questions here on Real Reviews. Do you have that one friend that just reminds you of Liam Gallagher? Uh, which one of you would be a good Liam Gallagher? I'm not sure. Oh, I don't know. And can I say, is it not Gallagher? Is that not, oh, you know, they do in, in Manchester, they say Gallagher. Yeah. yeah. I definitely have friends that remind me so much of Liam Gallagher. Sorry, my apologies. Um, don't want letters. Might be their time to shine. And I know you were talking about this uh, on the on the show during the week. Because there is an open casting call to play the former Oasis frontman in a new movie. Um, the advertisement reads, Do you have swagger? Do you have the look? Do you have the voice? We are looking for far more than just a haircut cut and a parka. Um, they're looking for candidates aged between 18 and 23. You have to send them on a video of you creating the dialogue from an interview Liam did back in 1994. But you have to be quick. Uh, they want you to send them uh, on a taped audition by 6 o'clock tonight. Um, you will find more details online. Now, the casting isn't for an Oasis biopic, but it's rather for cre- Creation Stories, which is an upcoming biopic of Alan McGee, who ran the independent Creation Records label from 1983 to 1999. Uh, he has managed or championed uh, acts such as Primal Scream, My Bloody Valentine, Oasis and the Libertines. Trainspotting author Irvin Welsh wrote the script based on McGee's book, which is also called Creation Stories. And Danny Boyle is on board as an executive producer and shooting begins next month. But on another note, and to do with musicians and biopics and the like, it has also been confirmed that a movie on Culture Club frontman Boy George is in the works at MGM. Uh, it will follow his upbringing in London, and of course he has Irish parents, and uh, it will follow his rise as well during the new romantic era in the 1980s. No cast yet attached, but it is being directed by Sasha Gervasi, who 
previously uh, brought us one of my all-time favourite um, music documentaries, Anvil, the story of Anvil, yes. yeah, which followed the Canadian heavy metal band. Uh, no release uh, date yet for the, the Boy George movie, but we'll, we will keep you up to date as we hear more. Okay, so we're going over to Cannes with yourself there, Niall. If only we were. I think the uh, the tickets never came through to send us to Cannes. But yes, the uh, Ross mentioned Cannes was on last week and the Palm Door, Door winner was announced. So uh, it was a film called Parasite, which is by South Korean director Bong Joon-ho. I think we recommended his film Snowpiercer, which is on Netflix uh, a couple of weeks ago. So it was awarded the 76th uh, Palm Door at the Cannes Film Festival, beating off competition from the likes of Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Ken Loach for Sorry We Missed You and Pedro Almodovar which was uh, for a kind of a biopic of himself called Pain and Glory so apparently the film is great it's earned really really good reviews it's about a uh, it's more of a a social satire kind of thriller about a a poor family South Korean family who insinuate themselves as servants into the lives of a much richer one and kind of take over it sounds great Uh, there's no news yet on when it's going to be released in Ireland because the UK and Irish rights were just purchased during Cannes but look out for it so Parasite, Parasite okay yeah. uh, Ross you have uh, sort of the monster team again your sequel to Prometheus that's right yeah Ridley Scott has announced his intention in it to make it's the third Alien prequel um, and it's been 40 years since he brought us the original Alien uh, which was back in 1979 he stepped away from the franchise for a long time as you know he left other uh, directors such as James Cameron David Fincher and others to take the helm um, well when People got word that he was returning to the franchise with 2012's Prometheus, as you said. People Mm. got very excited. But let's just say that after it was released, people were less than impressed. But I guess there was still enough mystery and goodwill towards Ridley Scott that we forgave him all that. And we were still looking forward to 2017's Alien Covenant. Again, another disappointment (laughs) for more fans. Um, Honestly, for me, I thought... Both movies were decent, even though they were nowhere near as good as the original movie. But still, I think that most people won't necessarily see this as good news. Um, The movie itself, um, the the third part of the Alien prequels, uh, it's only in script script phase at this stage. So I imagine that it would be a a good while before we know anything more, but not great news for most fans, I would say. No, not very exciting. No. Okay, moving on to... More exciting things? Very I, don't know exciting. Oh, I don't know either. This is Godzilla, King of the Monsters. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to just uh, give everybody a little kind of recap on yeah. where we are because people might not be aware that this is the third film in the Monsterverse. So what is a Monsterverse, you may very well ask. So this is the Warner Brothers cinematic universe that they're trying to start uh, around Godzilla, who I don't know if you know, he's very big in Japan. He's huge in Japan. So uh, this is the direct sequel to 2014's Godzilla, directed by Garrett Roberts, and a kind of half sequel to 2017's Kong Skull Island, which was a lot of fun, Kong Skull Island, if you haven't seen it. Uh, And um, those films were fairly well received, but certainly well received enough for Legendary Pictures to go, we're going to have a sequel to Godzilla. And um, yeah, this idea of a monsterverse has not really caught fire like Marvel Cinematic Universe, but uh, you know, it is here and I think it's going to lead on to another movie after this but Ross is going to tell you a little bit about this film yeah well I suppose you know basically what you're going to get from a Godzilla movie Uh, but to tell you a bit about Godzilla this one King of the Monsters it follows the events of the first movie uh, a new organisation called Monarch have been set up and it's their job to track down and study giant creatures like Godzilla that uh, once dominated the earth 
Uh, of course, they find out there's loads of these creatures scattered all around the world. And monarch scientist who is play, um, a, a monarch scientist who is played by Vera Farmiga, um, she's helped to devi- she's helped to develop a, a device that which is called Orca, which can emit frequencies that help to control these massive monsters. But of course, the monarch lab is raided by a terrorist group. The Orca is stolen. And Farmiga and her daughter, who is played by Stranger Things, Millie Bobby Brown, are kidnapped. Um, of course, the terrorist group, as they always do, want to destroy the world, and they want to use the Orca to awaken all, all these, the, uh, yeah, monsters, all, yeah. yeah, all these <laughs> monsters, including one of Godzilla's famous enemies, the tree-headed uh, King Ghidorah, which is called Monster Zero uh, in this movie. And it's up to Godzilla, of course, to face off against him and save humanity. And I'm going to play a clip now, mm-hmm. which features uh, Ken Watanabe. Watanabe, sorry. I think it's Watanabe. Watanabe, even better. Uh, he's from the first movie. He has Kyle Chandler in, his, in there as well. And that's father to Millie Bobby Brown's character. And there's a few other members of Monarch in their underwater base encountering Godzilla and basically hoping he doesn't attack them. Okay, here we go. Hold your fire. We don't know he'll attack. Well, he will if you keep those guns on him. It's an intimidation display. Consider us very intimidated. Yeah, that's Godzilla for the first time on this one. What did you make of Godzilla, how he looked, Niall? Oh, well, he lo- Well, first of all, I'd just like to say, right, a rampaging beast with little or no regard for any or all innocent bystanders. I'm not talking about Godzilla, but rather I'm talking about the experience of seeing a film with you, Shani. <laughs> <laughs> several times as we were watching this movie, <laughs> several times as we were watching this movie, you, you leaned over and spoke to the person beside you mm-hmm. and... My problem was not so much that you did that. My problem was that it seemed like that was more interesting than what was going on on screen. It was, on screen. Yeah. It was. Yeah. You really have to feel sorry for Godzilla. Like, he can't walk down the streets in Tokyo without being mobbed by people. Um, <laughs> mostly you can't do that because he's 150 metres tall. But, uh, you know, he's done, in his 35 film career, he's done everything. He's done drama, satire, comedy, action, romance. But he just can't crack the US market. And this film is not the one to do it either. Um, you know, this is... I mean, I have to say, the, on the plus side, the effects look good. Some of the frames look gorgeous. It's high on kind of monster versus monster action. Uh, there's a lot of kind of ghostly blues and faded golds when the monsters fight. But the human characters are just, you know, so dull. Mm. Everything is... And you're watching these fights going, I'm bored. What is Sinead saying? Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, and a film like this should not be that boring. So, I mean, for me, I would say, oh, it's two out of five. I liked it more than the 2014 one, which I'd probably give two out of five as well to. But it's two out of five. That's not looking great. What are you thinking? It's looking even worse for me. I hate this movie. It is, for me, easily the worst movie of the year. The story's all over the place. Nearly all of the dialogue is exposition, you know, explaining what is happening, what has happened, what's about to happen. Um, you know, I know in a movie like this, it's all meant to be about the action. And I, more than most, can really appreciate uh, large-scale destruction when it's done right on the big screen. But that's not the case here. Not since 2013's Man of Steel have I been so bored 
by city-sized carnage. At least in, you know, the Superman uh, movie, it was mainly all in the final third of the movie. In Godzilla, King of the Monsters, the -the over-the-top action is the whole way throughout. The filmmakers definitely took the approach that more is more, is more, is more, is more. (laughs) Uh, And it just means that none of the action seems to mean anything. You know... The early Godzilla movies, you know, the ones from the 50s and mm. the 60s, they're often accused of looking like a man in a rubber suit knocking over a scale model city, which they totally were. And that was how they filmed them. But if I'm being honest, the, those scenes were just as effective as presumably the millions and millions of dollars they spent on the special effects in this movie. Um, but, you know, if a review, if I have to pick a positive... Um, Contractually, you have yeah, to pick a positive. Yeah, yeah, it's always good to end on a positive <laughs> note. As Niall said, there are some rare moments in the film, if they were stills, they would be quite visually interesting, such as Monster Zero facing off a Godzilla or Monster Zero on top of a volcano. But as I said, they are are very, very brief snapshots in an awful movie. One star for me. I would only give it a tip of a star. <laughs> a point. It was just One point of a star. Absolutely oh. dreadful. Now, just coming up after the break, we're going to be talking about perfection, which is hopefully a lot better than Godzilla. Stay with us. Now we're back with the lads. Uh, Real reviews. Ross and Niall is are here in the studio, and we're talking perfection. Niall, tell us about this. Yeah, so this is a, a movie that you can find on Netflix at the moment. Uh, just uh, premiered last week, and uh, the plot. I don't want to talk a lot about it because it's one of those movies that's twisty turny. Uh, it focuses on uh, Charlotte, who's played by Alison Williams, who's a former cello, cello prodigy who had to kind of cut her her career short when her mother falls ill, and while she's tending to her dying mother, another young cello by the name of Lizzie, played by Logan Browning, replaces Charlotte as the kind of star cellist in this reputable academy. So, unfortunately, her mother passes away and Charlotte decides that it's time now to return to the world of classical music and try to retain her place uh, up there. Uh, she kind of finds that uh, she has a lot in common with her rival Lizzie and they strike up a, a friendship and a relationship and decide to go travelling together. And that's really all I want to say about it. Um, okay. So you can see it on Netflix. You can watch the trailer, see what you think of it, and I would, I would say, give it a go. Ross is going to give the the review of it. Yeah, I actually really, really enjoyed this movie. It's it's a horror movie, uh, it's true and true. It's full of twists and turns. Um, just when you know, just when you you know, you think you have your bearings on it, and you know what's happening. It goes a completely different direction. It is, it is a, a complete B movie type horror movie slash psychological thriller. Uh, as Niall was saying, um, the two leads are Alison Williams and Logan, Logan Browning. Uh, much better than they have any right to be in a movie like this. They could have got away with just phoning in, but they gave great performances. Uh, I would have probably hoped for a more sinister turn in certain other members of the cast, but generally well acted. Um, the more you think about the film afterwards, the more some aspects do fall apart. But it does keep you interested the whole way through. Warning, though, it's a bit gory in parts. Some, Not for the faint of heart. Yeah, yeah. some very kind of adult moments. Um, but if you like cheesy B-movie type horror films, you really enjoy it. I gave it three out of five. What did you give now? Yeah, I gave it the same, actually. Three out of five. I okay. enjoyed it. Uh, it kind of puts a lot of movies in a blender and comes up with a smoothie. But it's a delicious smoothie. At the yeah. end of it. I like that. Uh, but then you find out what's in it and you go, oh my God, I can't believe I drank that. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for, if you like kind of extreme, as Ross says, B-movies, and you're looking for a good watch over the bank holiday weekend, give it a go. Okay, we're just going to remind everybody about our retro reviews. Uh, yeah. Ross, tell us first of all, what is a retro review and why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, retro reviews. Um, it's a new item on the show. We do it the first of every month. Um, it's 
we want you know we want the people listening we want you to tell us about your favourite movies now this is not for the Lion Kings the Shawshank Redemptions mm. or anything or like the that. Notebook or the Notebook uh, well uh, yeah uh, this is for movies that for one reason or another have been overlooked or don't get as much attention or love as you think they deserve it could be an old movie that you enjoyed as a kid uh, a movie you discovered by chance or even a movie that was never a mainstream success but now has a cult following so once a month we're going to be putting these neglected masterpieces under the microscope we're going to watch them ourselves and we're going to give the real reviews treatment on air so last month to get us started we looked at Sinead's pick which was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind which I think we all enjoyed yes Um, but next uh, for our next one we want to look at yours so get in touch with us here on the show by text or WhatsApp that's on 086-1800-658 you can contact us on Twitter which is at Real Reviews News or Facebook which is at Real Reviews LMFM you give us a check out there as well if you like us we have all our old podcasts up there Sinead is off next week yep um, which means that myself and Niall can take the week to sun ourselves oh thank god <laughs> but we we invaded the dark confines <laughs> of the cinema yeah. the light, the light. The light. Uh, but we will be back on Friday which is the 14th of June yeah. and we'll have our next retro reviews hopefully one of our listeners retro yeah. reviews then uh, as as well as our usual movie news Netflix recommends and you know other reviews perfect so get texting or whatsapping now 0861800658 just the name of the movie and your details now very quickly we're going to talk about the Druid Arts Centre because they have a fantastic film club yes yeah, a film club they kind of run all, all the year round and they have a mini version of it if you like during the summer months so all through June they're going to be showing four great movies every Tuesday night in June it starts off next Tuesday the 4th with a very funny French comedy called Return of the Hero it's a little bit like a comedy version of Sense and Sensibility starring Jean Dujardin and Melanie Laurent who would have been in the actor or sorry the artist yes. and Inglorious Bastards uh, and uh, that looks good then you've got the 1954 version of A Star Is Born starring James Mason and Judy Garland then Wild Rose which just came out this year starring Jesse Buckley on June the 18th and on June the 25th a film called Bohemian Rhapsody which I haven't heard about it I don't know if it's <laughs> anywhere or not. but uh, the great thing is all these screens are out you can for 15 euro you can choose any three of those movies and go to any of them or you can just go to each of them I'd recommend it chance to see some great foreign movies and old movies and new movies maybe that you missed in the cinema on the big screen yes it's always really good so drihid.com as well for details yeah. now we are finishing off with our scene of the week continuing the monster theme tell us about this that's right we're continu- continuing the monster scene as we looked at Godzilla um, we're going to back going to go back to 1953 no not the original Japanese Godzilla that wasn't released until 1954 we're going back to 1953 and an American movie, it's called The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Yeah, so this uh, film is about an atomic bomb test in the Arctic Circle that awakens a giant monster, basically. And, uh, you know, it came out, as Ross says, a year before Godzilla. It's a bit more of a B-movie. The effects in this are great. It's stop motion from the maestro of stop motion, Ray Harryhausen. Um, we kind of cheated. It's not really a scene from the film. It's from the trailer, but <laughs> it's got some great kish, kitsch kind of dialogue. And, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great fun. So, the beast from 20,000 fathoms. Okay, let's have a little listen to him. Buried somewhere under the polar ice cap, in a state of suspended animation, are the awesome creatures, the leviathans that roamed the earth at the dawn of time. And under certain conditions, a nuclear explosion can free one from his icy tomb. Then, guided by instinct, the beast would come back back to the caverns of the deepest Atlantic where it was spawned. An armored giant 
wreaking his prehistoric fury on modern man and his puny machines. Cities would be terrorized by the cruel intruder from the past. Populations crazed and panicked with fear by its destructive force. Granite and steel would crumble. Soldiers and their weapons would be powerless before the onslaught of the beast. The beast. The beast. The beast from 20,000 fathoms. <laughs> wow! I was born too late, really. Yeah. That's that's my area. Can I just say they're on already? Uh, I love you to death. It's a seriously good movie. Says oh, yeah, Wendy. Yeah, yeah. So that Kevin Klein, Kevin Klein, yes. and I think is Keanu Reeves in that oh, a little so, early. Yeah. One? So, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I could be wrong. Okay, keep them coming anyway. The real reviews, retro reviews. Oh eight six one eight hundred six five eight. Guys, as always, thanks a million. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Eleven to one on LMFM. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.